0: you
1: ever just feel burnt down? All right, welcome to the third installment of the Burnt Podcast. I'm Brandon Lawrence, an emergency medicine physician in Phoenix, Arizona.
2: Hello, everybody. I'm Steve Sample. I'm an ER doctor in Jasper, Indiana.
1: And today I wanna to talk a bit about altruism that some people's calling for, for going into medical school or the medical profession in general and talk about maybe our pathways that got there before transitioning to our special guest today.
2: Yeah, absolutely, that sounds like a good plan.
1: Yeah, so our guest is cool, It's uh, her name's Melissa. You guys will get to her story in a little bit, but she she made a, a big leap from a, a high paying um, position in her field She's going all the way back to the bottom and starting nursing school and being, uh, I think she's a registration clerk in a hospital right now. So not making a lot of money and putting herself through school with kids. So it's it's a pretty interesting story.
2: Right. Uh, Melissa, I, I followed Melissa on Twitter for a year or so, and her story is pretty interesting to watch unfold. Uh, she certainly had a lot of courage uh, that she displayed. I don't know that I would have the same amount of courage because she literally left left everything behind. She is making probably not tremendously more than minimum wage while she's struggling to put herself through school. Um, uh, All kind of based out of altruistic stuff, you know. Um, Altruism gets uh, tossed around a lot, but you know, there's usually a little bit of bullshit behind behind people's claims of altruism. Uh, But going into a field like nursing, um, I don't sense any. My my bullshit radar did not go off uh, when I talked to Melissa.
1: Yeah, I would say for the bulk of people going into the nursing field or the the paramedic field, I would think that's mostly kind of the altruistic, want to help people. And I would say probably a a less percentage, but it's still there for medical school, obviously, because we make a little bit more financially. So I think there's that sort of motivation and prestige factor motivation. But um, I I think there's still a good percentage of us that do that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you grow up and... when you grow up as a science-based kid, which most of us I think do, you know, most of us find our way into medicine uh, because we score good on tests. And and when you score good on tests, it's always you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. Um, and I think it kind of depends on like what test you do the best on. Is it biology or, or English? You know, are you a writer or are you are you a logic-based thinker? Um, and certainly I was always more science-based in my learning. Um, and so medicine was really the only path that i really understood like it, i just i understood that i was good at school i needed to continue school and what is at the end of school for me it was only doctor from the jump
1: i think it's interesting that the science-based um portion I, I saw a tweet i want to say a number of weeks ago where someone said something to the effect that they shouldn't be accepting these liberal arts people into medical schools and that's the ones that are i think they said something to the the something to the effect of like fucking everything up, essentially. And yeah, that's, that's bull. That's crap. Yeah, I think having well-rounded docs is is perfect. It- for
2: for sure. I mean, you know, historically, I think in medicine, you know, if you go back 20, 30, 40 years, uh, you probably had 80, 90% bio or chemistry or bio yeah. and chemistry majors. Um, but uh, to ignore the the wealth of both intelligence and empathy and emotional you know that emotional iq that a liberal arts major can bring is intense you know i talk to one of our local health professions uh classes that a friend of mine teaches in at the high school here every year and i come in and speak to the classes about medicine most of the kids in there are wanting to go into nursing some docs some rad rad techs Uh, but, but i always talk to them and and The medical, the pre-medical or the kids who think they might want to be medical, they're all super uptight, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're like, I've got to do this and this is my plan. My daughter, Riley, is in the middle of this right now. She is super stressed. Her life hangs on every single test score that she takes, you know, uh, every test that she takes. And every time she doesn't do what she wanted to do, she feels like, well, I'm done right and and I've been trying to even before she ever got to college I've been talking to these kids and I'm like you can major in whatever you want mm-hmm. you know so I encourage these kids to go out and find what turns them on uh, I- intellectually what 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 once what they want to get out of bed in the morning to go learn about that's what I tell them to do I was like you know because you may change your mind you may you may not get into med school. You may decide this is bullshit. I don't want to go to school for the next 15 years. I said, and then you're left with the biology degree. What are you going to do with it? Right. Do you want to be a biologist? You know, so I I recommend the liberal arts languages, you know, anything, anybody can take the prereqs to medical school.
1: Yeah. I ended up with a a biochem major, but I, I minored in classic lit. So like that was what I was interested in is, is Greek myth and, and old you know English literature and that sort of stuff. And, uh, so I think i have a little bit of the left end kind of right brain so i took a little bit of offense to that guy saying that it should only be guy or girl i assumed it was a guy but maybe it wasn't but uh that that was saying it should only be the science-based people that are, are getting because i had a couple of friends too in school that were some of the smartest in my class that came from a, a liberal arts background so
2: absolutely i mean you know a, a lot of what we learn in science are the fundamentals you know it's not that i i, I don't call on Biochemistry. I don't call in the synthesis of cholesterol every day. What I know about cholesterol right now is that if your LDL is too high, that's bad and you need a statin. You know, I, I don't I couldn't draw it for you. You know, the Krebs cycle, I've learned the Krebs cycle literally 75 times, uh, and I couldn't tell you what it is. I know what comes in and I know what comes out, and that's all that really matters, right?
1: Yeah, the steps of the Krebs cycle. What does that really matter anymore? Um, yeah, so me, you know, I uh, I went into school, kind of essentially what you just said, like lawyer, doctor, For a little while I kicked around engineer, but like, again, all kind of like science learning, obviously not law science, but it's kind of all in the same sort of um, hemisphere. And uh, I started down the law pathway first, actually, and started taking some classes and did some um, different extracurricular stuff. And it really was not my thing. I uh, ended up volunteering at the hospital in the pediatric center. And uh, I just fell in love with it. So, I was, I was med school from there and um, uh, no regrets, I guess. But, it, yeah, it, was, uh, it wasn't always my calling. Like with some people, they're like, oh, I've always yeah. wanted to do that. It really was probably third on my list until the end of sophomore year of college. Yeah, for me. Scramble it was at that and get all the classes and prereqs and stuff done.
2: Yeah. For me, it was, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a doctor. Then I went to college and I was like, oh no, skip that. You're going to be a famous country music singer. (laughs) Um, And then I got my girlfriend pregnant and then it was like, okay, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a doctor. So, uh, so here we are. That's
1: awesome. Uh, Yeah. So we, this is something, you know, that we did at an early age. If myself was sitting here um, right now, I and I had the opportunity in front of me, I I don't think I would do it again just because of how much work it is and how big of a backstep it is financially. So like the fact that she's doing this, like, man, my hat's off to her and I, I'm, I'm excited to talk to her.
2: Yeah, me too. Uh, nursing uh, can be a thankless job. It's overlooked, you know, certainly everybody's like, you know, the nurses are heroes and they love them, but then, you know, they get paid shit. They, they work shit hours a lot of times and, and uh, intentionally going into that knowing that you know, your income ceiling is limited. You're, you're gonna, you can certainly make a living, but you're never gonna get rich being a nurse. You know, um, you've got to love, you've got to love the work, you've got to love your patients. Uh, and I'm excited to see how Melissa goes uh, as she develops through her career. So we'll be watching for sure. I'm looking forward to talking to her.
1: All right, without further ado, we'll have her on. All right. So, so Melissa,
2: Thanks for being on our show with us today. Um, It's cool to talk to you and actually get to meet you in person. I've been following your journey on Twitter for at least a year, I think. Um, If you want to just go ahead and give us a little introduction and tell us uh, about yourself a little bit.
0: Okay. Well, my name is Melissa and I live in Wisconsin. Um, I'm 40, almost 42. I have three kids, 13, 18, and 20. And I just left a 23-year career year career in insurance to go to school for nursing. That's wonderful.
1: What was the impetus of doing that?
0: Um, I think I just found my old job a little soul-sucking, and I really want to change. And I think the start of the pandemic really helped me kind of um, venture out of my comfort zone.
2: That's awesome. So and insurance it. is soul-sucking. So you decided to pick Medicine, yes, uh, because crazy. medicine, <laughs> yeah. medicine has never been, uh, has been, has had the reputation of sucking anybody's soul at all. Right. I think we have a whole podcast built around that. <laughs> right now, actually,
1: but that's so great that's though. Really- that's like literally someone choosing to run into danger. That's yeah. Right. Which is amazing. That yeah.
0: Is. So I mean, I, I noticed at a at a hospital, so I'm working in in an emergency room right now. So.
2: Nice. So you're getting to see kind of everything that uh, Brandon and I have been seeing. Yeah. Um, So I know you have, you know, we find ourselves in little niches on uh, social media and things like that. And even though you were an insurance gal, you sort of found your way into medical Twitter. Uh, I'm not really sure how that happened. It must have been an interest of yours. Um, So we're all getting, uh, you know, we're getting to watch this kind of go down real time.
0: It was triggered. Truger and Chad Hayes got me sucked in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. It was interesting to find you there because, you know, for the longest time, I just assumed that you were at least quasi medical. And then and then uh, all of a sudden you're like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to nursing school. (laughs) So I'm 46. So you're 42 and I've got we've got kids similar age. Mine are 22 and 20. Um, That takes a giant set of brass balls to switch careers. (laughs) right now right like like tell us about like your frame of mind when you were making that decision
0: um you know i think in march and april i was really struggling a lot like uh just with the pandemic and i felt depression creeping back up and i realized that a lot of it was my job i just Mm -hmm. really did not like the circumstances i was in so um I figured being poor for a couple of years while I'm in school and making way less money is worth it to be happier in the long run.
2: Yeah, I think so. You were, you were, you were burned out. I was totally. Yeah, yeah. and we were, we were just discussing this a, a little bit ago. Burnout is rampant um, yeah. everywhere. You know, us medical types feel like we've got to. We've got it kind of zeroed in, and it's just our thing. But it's really kind of it's a it's an epidemic worldwide because you sort of yeah. feel. We were talking about how it makes you you feel powerless and out of control of your life, and you're just kind of pl- trudging along. And it does feel a whole lot like depression. It probably, mm-hmm. frankly, is depression.
1: I think a weird um, so, thing that's going to arise from the pandemic, though, is is this. I don't know if it's fear of future burnout for all these other businesses, corporations, jobs. I I think there's going to be a lot more interest in exploring that and keeping people at home working and kind of giving them that lifestyle they want to do. I think that might be a, a kind of a strange silver lining where you're running into a, a healthcare field that's definitely going to continue the burnout <laughs> that we feel, whereas maybe your older job might have a little bit less, but I think you're going to obviously find this way more rewarding.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. I don't, I think, um, you know, I did a lot of different things over the years in the insurance industry. I used to own an agency with my ex-husband Um, So I've seen it from a lot of different angles, but uh, it wasn't satisfying at all for me anymore. And I think the corporate mindset these days is really toxic, whether you're in healthcare or insurance or any other field, they expect a lot and they don't respect any like life balance type, type things. And the more you give, it becomes like the status quo they expect more. So
2: if you're a superstar, you have to continue to be a superstar forever. Right. Right.
0: There's Mm -hmm. no, um, there's no grace for when you, when you need a break or you need to just breathe for a second. They just expect you to perform at a certain level all
2: the time. Right. So you're a cog in the wheel of a a machine that's way bigger than you.
0: You Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And you're going to, you're going to find, I think you're going to find a little bit of that or, or a lot of that in medicine as well. However, Comma, you're going to be also reaching out, and you're going to be touching people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, y- y- if you go into, I think if you go into medicine, nursing, uh, anything quasi-medical, um, your your frustration is likely not going to be your patients; it's going to be the administration above you. And I think that holds true for basically every every field. No, everybody wants to be the boss of themselves, and then somebody's right. always your boss,
1: right? Yeah. Did you have a moment, like, kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back that just kind of propelled you into it? Or was it just, like, kind of the gravity of everything going on was like, no, I need to change?
0: There was definitely a moment. um, I mean, I've wanted to do this for over a decade, but I I felt obligated to stay at the job that I was in. And there was an incident at my job that uh, really pushed me over that, you know, Line, So I just decided it was time to leave. And it, to be honest, you know, people can say that Twitter friends aren't real friends or whatnot, but they really are. And I have like, a, you know, there's a group chat that I'm in with the docs who rock people. And those people have been so supportive and helpful. Like when I decided to to do nursing Um, go back to school they sent me like a nursing care package and it had some stuff for you know it's just they're great people and they really have helped support me and it's been amazing especially during the pandemic I think none of us would have come together like we did if it wasn't for the pandemic
2: yeah I've I've talked about that as well I mean uh, you know uh, Brandon and I really know each other just because of social media I've never seen him in person yeah no we didn't know each other um and I tried to. I've tried to explain that to my wife because my wife has social media, and she's kind of a standard social media person. She posts the kids on Facebook, and 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 I don't know if it's a. It may speak badly to myself, but I but I have more people on social media that that I really care about right now um, than than um, I have in my real life. You know, <laughs> yeah. And, and these are like real friends. These are friends that I'm that I'm planning. You know, when the world opens, I will go see. Brandon. I've got friends in in Denver I've got friends all over the country now that I didn't have before um, and uh, and they can give you a good kick in the ass when you need it mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. so you got your you got your little acceleration boost out of the insurance industry so you just said screw it that's it I'm going to nursing school
0: I think fear stopped me from doing it a long time ago um, just you're, you know, when you have kids, like I'm a single parent, I mm-hmm. co-parent with my ex, you worry about being able to provide for them and, and leaving the stability of a job uh, that you're comfortable in and you know, even if you hate it, mm-hmm. uh, is scary. You're speaking you speaking my language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: because i think a lot of us get stuck there right we get stuck for the money we get stuck for various reasons you know i'm sitting in the middle of a town right now that neither my wife nor i like but the job market in emergency medicine stinks right now you know politically i don't fit into the i am in a i am in a red city in a red county in a red state and, uh, and <laughs> but I make a very nice living and my job market is not great right now because primarily of the pandemic. So you sort of feel locked in. So I think I've been waiting for my kick in the ass. Like it sounds like you got, uh, for sure. Yeah.
1: So so you, you get this, this moment, um, if you can talk about it, great. If not, don't worry about it. And you get propelled and you get support from med Twitter. What happened next? You just started applying, you started taking prereqs. What was your next step?
0: Well, I actually had a bunch of prereqs already done previously when I was in school. Um, so I took two months off. I had severance um, from my old job. So I took a like a month and a half where I did nothing. I researched where I wanted to go to school, took care of some stuff around the house, spent some time with my kids, but I gave myself a little time to just be because I was so burned out. I was not ready to to jump into anything immediately and I had the ability to take that time. So I, I did it.
2: Yeah, that's a blessing. Yeah. yeah. That, that opportunity.
0: Yeah, so I did that and then I I took classes in the fall and then yeah, now I'm in my second semester and I should be able to petition for clinicals in the fall.
1: And then in the, in the meantime, I'm assuming you just, you didn't have to pack up and leave or anything. You went to a kind of a local school, but in the meantime, you took a job, you said in the ER as a, a tech or?
0: Actually, I'm a, I'm in registration. Gotcha. Right. Now, so I actually got my EMT basic license. So I may ride ambulances too. I'm not sure. <laughs> just for the experience.
1: It a really good experience. I, I think with the EMT basic, can yeah, you do ED techs as well?
0: Yeah, it's just where um the place that I work at, you have to be in a department for six months before you can transfer.
1: Ah, I gotcha. So, so I'm kind of locked you, in. You had mentioned to me that it, it was like a pretty hefty pay cut from where you are to where you are where you were to where you are now.
0: Yeah, huge.
1: How are huge. you dealing with that?
0: Now? Um it sucks. It <laughs> it really sucks. But yeah, I look at it like it's temporary. You know, I can pay my main bills that i need to survive i'm just not and luckily actually again that's where the pandemic is a little bit of a blessing because there's not a whole lot you can do right now where you can spend extra money so yeah i just decided to commit to focusing on school and and getting by on what i could get by on
2: yeah i think it comes down a lot we can mostly survive on far less than we than we spend you know yeah i I remember getting my first you know my first attending physician paycheck but it was military so it was less Mm -hmm. but i was like holy shit! look at all this money and then i spent it uh and then i got out of the military and i came into the civilian world and i was like i got my first check and i was like is that a month and they were like no two weeks and i went yes and then i spent it right and i really don't live that much differently i just have much bigger bills um, and you just sort of get those handcuffs. So um, it sounds like you've had to strip down and, and prioritize. Mm-hmm, uh,
0: exactly, so. but what it's. Th- I think it's good for me, though. I mean, I think it helps you. Really realize what's important and what's not important.
2: Yeah, for sure. How how do your how are your kids taking the uh, lifestyle change?
0: They are actually super excited for me. Um, my my middle daughter just started college this year um so it's funny because we're in school at the same time but i think that they're proud of me for pursuing something that i really want to pursue
2: yeah i bet they are mm-hmm. i mean, they there because it does it takes it takes guts it, it, yeah. it really is hard you know yeah. uh you've got bigger you've got more guts than i do because i can't even <laughs> I, I can't even get myself to move 90 minutes down the road <laughs> uh, much less uh completely do a career change like that so you're uh you're going to finish up soonish with your preclinicals, then you're going to go to clinicals, any part of medicine. Uh, I mean, I know you haven't really gotten to branch out and stuff. So uh, maybe your, maybe your uh, desire for where to serve is based on how many, how many people are on your med Twitter so far? You got more <laughs> ER, you got more ER docs or ICU docs, surgeons, uh, where you, where are you thinking?
0: Well, I have more ER, but I, that's kind of where I'm gravitating towards. Cause I sure. think, I think, um, like, just with my ADD
2: brain, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's um, probably why Brandon and I ended up there as well. I think, yeah,
1: that, I think we need to have a med Twitter battle royale for Melissa Reed's services. What do you think? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so the kids are supportive, so that's fantastic. Uh, because I could see where it could go either way, uh, with yeah, oh, for sure. and stuff. I mean, but it, you know, it's got to be super exciting to see mommy like it's probably also cool to see mommy in college while we're in college
0: yeah you know? mm-hmm. yeah she's hitting me up for help with like math and i'm like hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah my daughter tried that and it turns out all the all the stuff that i took in college is gone from my brain right. like i thought it would be back <laughs> there
1: somewhere um it's nope. gone it's not because we don't use calculus in, in our jobs i don't know why we ever took it but
0: there's <laughs> yeah. only so much you can fit in your brain at one time you know
1: yeah, is rapidly to- shrinking
2: yeah, they used to call me Rain Man in college and <laughs> medical school because I had this really just uh, a high rate of recall. And you tell me something once, and it was there. But now I think I have to sacrifice for everything you want to teach me. I have to get rid of something else. Like my just my brain is full.
0: Yeah. But it's usually not what you want to get rid of, right? Like I can recall right. all the lyrics to like you know Perfect Strangers from the '80s. Yeah. But I can't yeah. Remember
2: oh no, I remember what happened to me 20 years ago more than I remember what happened to me two weeks ago for sure. Absolutely. Uh, bullshit. Brandon's still
1: young. How old are you, Brandon? 36. Yeah, he just a oh, baby. Baby. But all right, so quick, another quick question I had. So you mentioned that uh, for the last 10 years or so, this is something you always wanted to do. What had driven you back then? I think I think I remember you telling me something about your family um, as the reason why, you know, medicine was always kind of at the forefront of of, the, of your kind of desires for for your job.
0: Yeah, so my dad has neurofibromatosis type 1. And I was the only kid that didn't get it. So both of my siblings had it. And my dad's case was more mild. And at the time when he had it, uh, when he was younger, they didn't even know what it was. So he would get tumors and they would just cut them off, you know, assuming that it was like a cyst or something. Sure,
2: and- real quick, as you're getting into that, can you, um, a lot of people who are gonna hear this are gonna have no idea what that means. I, I know, and Brandon knows, mm-hmm. uh, you wanna give just a just a, quick and dirty primer for anxiety on neurofibromatosis?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a genetic disorder that um, causes tumor growth on nerve endings. So you can have uh, tumors like on the outside of your body. Like my dad's are a lot of them are on the outside um, and it there's a range, right? So my sister was severely disabled. She couldn't walk or talk. She got fed through a G tube. Um, she could communicate, but um she couldn't like talk to you and then my brother he had brain tumors yeah you lost him young right yeah they both died six weeks apart from each other in two in 2009 so almost 12 years ago so So my sister died from complications of the the nf and she died hospice in my parents house Mm -hmm. and my brother was hit by a car actually when he was in a crosswalk oh wow yeah, okay. so he was on life support for 12 days. And um, yeah, and then we donated his organs. So that was really like the silver lining with him. Sure. With the fact that his organs went to three people. So
2: well, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. And the doctor, the trauma surgeon that uh, was in charge of his care was great. He I requested to be with him when he passed. So they let us into the OR so we had to sit with him when they took oh, him off life.
2: While they were harvesting his organs.
0: Yeah, Well, right before, yeah, right, right before, before they were, yeah. yeah. Was Which wondering. was a weird experience because the, I think that's kind of the catalyst for what made me realize that I wanted to pursue nursing at some point because the, the ICU nurse that took care of my brother, I mean, they're there, they work like insane hours, right? Um, mm-hmm. She was so fantastic. She took care of my family as much as she took care of my brother. And when she was, she was in the OR too. And I mean, she was openly weeping, you know, and I was just like, wow, like it just really touched me because like he, you know, he obviously impacted her. I think there's certain people that you run across in life that do like, um, hit you a different way and kind of change your perception at least for a little while.
2: Absolutely. And they can just that, that chance interaction can, alter the course of your life forever. I mean, yeah. maybe not immediately, but I mean, clearly that lady uh, touched you. And yeah, and, and, I have
0: and, never forgotten that experience. Never. And well, that- and
2: what, well, what an awful! I mean, my God, what an awful way to get introduced to medicine. But that's how so many of us do. You know, so many of us have an experience a sick relative. Uh, you know, somebody who's really been intensely encountering the medical system, and and it moves us. You know, my my daughter is pre med right now. Um, and I'm sure some of it's because of me just being raised by me, though, if anything, having a parent who is a physician would discourage you from being, you know, because she sees the, she sees the shit, she sees the, the irritation and the frustration and, and stuff, but her mother's a, a stage four cancer survivor. Right. Um, and so it's no surprise that she is interested in the oncology. So, you know, she's still in college, but, but she has been moved by medicine and the people in it for certain. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think uh, for me too, when I was younger, I mean, I have been exposed to, uh, medicine at a young age. I mean, I spent a lot of time at UW Madison because that's where my sister and my brother, I mean, they had so many surgeries, so yeah. many surgeries. And, um, Yeah, so I at a young age I could change a G tube, and you know I was from my sister used to have like sixty seizures a day before they got her, you know.
2: So nursing school is just formalizing it. You're already you've already been a nurse, uh, or at least you know you've you've nursed your life, yeah. Yeah. And you're a mom, you know. I mean, part of motherhood is nursing, certainly, uh, especially if you're especially being a single mom. You are both camp counselor, you know, doctor nurse. you know, principle everything else. Um, yeah, neurofibromatosis is a bitch. Uh, you don't you don't see it much. Um, do you oftentimes, you know, having been raised in a family with it, you said you're the only one who escaped. Mm-hmm. So you know, you talk to people all the time with survivors guilt. Uh, how did that impact you? I'm sure even you know, I'm sure that has impacted your life in a way as well, right?
0: for sure, for sure. And I think like when you're a kid, you don't understand it so much, you know, you um, like my siblings got a lot of my parents attention, rightfully so because they were sick. And you don't understand that when you're when you're young, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, there's it's definitely a thing. And I, I wish when I was younger that there were more support groups for siblings with with, you know,
2: NF or, or, or anything else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that would have been helpful to be able to, to talk to other people that were going through it because we were really the only people in my community that I knew that were affected by it. And it's weird because neurofibromatosis is actually one of the most common genetic disorders. Is that right? Yeah. It's more common than cystic fibrosis. Tay-Sachs like Huntington's and you don't hear about it as much
2: probably because I guess maybe it's because of the um the wide variance and presentations because I I know of a couple of patients in my community that have it and one of them I know because they tell me they have it but I can't see it on them and the other one is riddled every every square inch of their skin is just covered in a tumor of various shapes and sizes and it you know certainly it's it's it, it's, it looks awful, it's painful. And I'm certain that they never go outside and they're not acutely aware of, of of how they look. You know, I've got some weird crap going on with my lips right now and I can't even look in the mirror. Um, and, and and so I can't imagine I'm what I've trouble looking at you too, Steve, sorry. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. So so that is cool, uh, Melissa. What a journey, yeah. so, what a journey.
1: Yeah, so, so you're now single mom, you're in school, massive pay cut probably lots of stress what what are you doing to mitigate this like what you're working um in an er where it's really high strung like how are you dealing with this
0: i have the the docs who rock people so we you know we have music i play a lot of guitar actually um and i just i have some friends that really help me um i mean steve you know Nita.
2: Yeah, I I don't even know her first name, which is what's so screwed up about
0: you know, those two, you know, Brendan and um, Mm -hmm. and Nina are like my peeps, so we we talk like every day and um, and some other people, and so that really helps me. Um, that really helps.
1: All right, hold on for just one second. Melissa, who admittedly was going through depression, has found her outlet via both friends on Med Twitter but also through her creative mind in playing the guitar. As someone who uses the creative process to calm my often frantic brain, whether it's the guitar myself, writing, or just podcasting, this resonated with me. Therefore, I thought it would be pretty apt to include a little bit of her work.
0: Baby beluga in the deep blue sea Swim so wild and you swim so free but uh-huh. better. Roll out. See, the out of your spell.
2: It is it is helpful. We can live our whole lives virtually now. Uh, and so these are all real people.
0: I think it's easy. I think what appeals to me about Twitter is it's easier to find your people like when you live like Steve, you can probably relate because you live in a, in a red community. Yeah. I'm liberal, you're liberal. I'm, you know, um, so there's not, it's harder to find your people in your community when you don't quite fit in with the norm. Right. And on yeah, Twitter, and I, yeah, I can, you know,
2: I was raised, you know, I'm a, I always say I'm a redneck from Southern Indiana and that's true. Um, I'm really, uh, actually was a centrist until the age of Trump and I have been sort of, I've sort of become like pussy hat guy, I guess. I don't know. I don't don't wear a pussy hat, (laughs) Uh, you know, but, uh, but certainly I have been kind of put into the box and really it's ultimately, I have sought out people who have similar values. I disagree on tons of things and there's things that make me uncomfortable uh, on both sides, but yeah. uh, And I found that Twitter is pretty easy. You can, you can kind of curate your, Existence, which I don't know if that's good or not, because then we just live in ourself our little bubble, and then
1: you, you all of a sudden you chambers get chambers and you get happened. modern day politics out
2: of that because yeah. we all think that the other people are the devil. So yeah. I don't know. There
1: are a couple uh, of
0: people that I that I talk to that are outside of my bubble yeah. that I appreciate because they might be more uh, right leaning, but they can communicate in a like they're not Trumpers, right? But they're yeah. people that are more uh, conservative and. They pushed me to uh, to think about my stance. It doesn't change how I feel, but I I appreciate the dialogue.
2: Well, you know, uh, yeah, and I th- I think that finding that finding that train where you can communicate conservative thought and liberal thought and progressive and centrist thought mm-hmm. is so important because, honest to God, if you if you had a Senate full of Bernie Sanders, our country will burn. If right. you had a Senate full <laughs> of I don't know Rob Portman's or or, or Marjorie Taylor Greene's. Our, right. our country uh, will burn. We have to have that that logical, you know, center uh, that just that that center really that you we need conservative thought because liberals left to their own devices uh, will break us in fifteen seconds, and, and conservatives uh, conservatives will have us in a theocracy. You know, so we have to find that that balance. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
0: Twitter can be. It, it, it's interesting, though. I think it can turn very toxic very quickly if you're not careful.
2: Yeah, I've avoided that for the most yeah. part. I think Brandon probably has too. Yeah, uh, I I'm I not sure how because I'm loud as shit online and <laughs> I go on TV. Uh, but I have, I have been trolled zero times. I have been nobody's really threatened me. I'm not that. really sure how. Say that. I know it's coming out. now. <laughs>
0: It'll come.
1: Here's yeah. the open invitation.
2: Do not troll me. Uh, <laughs> maybe they're
0: scared of
2: you yeah maybe Is i don't
1: that know that posing six foot four figure right?
2: yeah so so yeah our podcast you know we're still kind of figuring out how this all goes together and how it works but right now we wanted to focus on just these cool stories that came out of 2020 and i'm so glad we got to hear yours i knew melissa but i didn't know it was melissa reed so uh but uh what a neat what a neat kicking the ass that was whatever happened to you uh whatever happened to you at the insurance company and and what a series of events that have, I mean, have got you there
0: I worked with my ex-husband
2: oh that's freaking that's terrible. yeah
0: <laughs> so I mean, you know we got along and everything yeah, but yeah sure you did uh-huh. <laughs> it's time for change it was I stayed there for seven years after we got divorced
2: yeah that's tough That's helped tough...
0: it was time <laughs> it Definitely. was time to live my truth not his truth
2: that's right That's right. That's right. Co-owners
1: for seven years after divorce.
2: Yeah. So you'll have to keep us, uh, you'll have to keep us updated on your progress during your, during your clinicals and, and uh, all that stuff. And certainly if you ever need anything uh, question wise, reach out. uh, You're not that far
0: from where I live. uh,
2: I'm at the other end of a very long state, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah. And make sure you stick me on the Docs is Rock uh, chat. Yeah. Too wrong. I'll I'll get my voice out there at some point. I'll get the guts you up. I just got get. this sweet new microphone, so uh. Oh, he's got
1: no excuses now.
2: Right? <laughs> Except for I, I can't her. play an instrument.
0: Yeah. yeah. but your daughter can. So
2: yeah. yeah. I'll have to send her have her send me some MP3s and we'll we'll mix it up. So Or you do
0: part of our collab.
2: That's right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let me know. Let me know.
0: It's less intimidating when you have other people for sure.
2: <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Brandon, do you have any more questions for Melissa?
1: I got nothing. Keep up the good work. We really run the risk of going
2: like three hours. Um, so
1: yeah, we're excited to have you on our team. Yeah.
0: yeah. Thank you Thanks. so much. Yeah. It was so much fun.
1: Well, if you actually made it this far to the very end of this third episode, thank you. If you enjoy the Burnt Podcast, please just give us a follow, like, or a comment. If there's something we can do better, please let us know. You know, I tried telling Steve to talk a little less because that was a little bit of the feedback we got, but I think he only has one very chatty middle school girls, you know, sort of mode. Uh, He probably won't even listen to the end of this to know that I'm making fun of him. So maybe, you know, I'll make this kind of a weekly thing where I get to poke fun at my co-host without him ever even knowing. Anyways, we're uh, excited for next week's episode. We're going to welcome the great Josh Mugel and his ER adventures in New York City at the beginning of the COVID pandemic. So until then, keep striving to improve your mental health and avoid getting burnt.